Would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar? And be better off than you are? Or would you rather watch a shitty TV show from the 80s? It's out of this world! Join us for the season finale of Inside the Idiot Box. All right, welcome back to another night of podcast gold-blowing bitch bastardness. It is the season finale of Inside the Idiot Box, and uh, with me, as always, is Jeff Griffith. Hello. Josh Parker. Hello. Oh, buttery Josh. Buttery. Scott Berklin. Hi, everybody. (laughs) A little less buttery. And uh, tonight (laughs) only, we have our good friend from the I'm Not Crying, You're Crying podcast, Sean Cantley. Hello, Sean. Hello. It's me. Welcome to the Sassy Sister podcast. I did it. Inside the Idiot This is what they call in the podcast world a collab. Ooh. It's true. (laughs) We have arrived. I'm now, uh, this is my, the second podcast I've been a guest on. What was the first one? I was on the Refried Bean podcast. So... Well, that sounds just, delicious. What kind of <laughs> what kind of other dishes do you guys make on that cooking podcast? Oh, um, tacos mostly. Okay, and salsa. Just refried beans and uh, gold. It's a candy dish, Ned. Ninety dollars. Yeah, <laughs> we we make uh, these pipes that you blow gold out of. It's great. Oh, okay. Well, nobody knows what that means. I don't understand that. Nobody knows what that means. Uh, so we realized last episode that we have the functionality um, when doing this podcast that people can leave voicemails. Um, and Sean actually did that. He tested it out and left a voicemail and suggested a show for us to watch and talk about. And, and we will hate him forever for this. I did, but I just, I want to point out that I would have, I would have just told you if, if we could have done this show, but I got big leagued by, by Jeff. <laughs> How's that? Uh, what do you mean? Tell, tell me what I said. What I said, I said, Hey Jeff, I have a great idea for the show. You got to do the show we're doing tonight. Yeah. And he said, don't talk to me. Talk to my people. I, I think we have a Facebook page. <laughs> that does sound like me. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, to be fair, that does sound like me. So this is your, your spilling Hollywood insider information. Right yeah. Here, how, to, how to get a podcast made. Yeah. So then I go, fine, I'm going to big league Jeff. And I go down to the anchor page and I leave yeah. a voicemail. And it, Which, in his to be face. honest, I don't know that any of us even knew that was <laughs> a thing prior to you doing it. So you've so taught us something about the world. He of actually podcasting. called in right in front of me, and I still didn't know what he was doing. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, so, so you left him probably at- because Dennis was asking him if he knew the phrase that pays. Ninety five point five KLOS. If you've got the phrase that pays, you could win ninety five dollars and ninety five cents. Or well, tell us what show you picked for us. The show I picked was out of this world. Oh, it's, oh, it sure was. Which convinces yeah, that, me that the voicemail he left was a drunk dial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. I, Sean, had you just gone through some sort of bad breakup? Is that what's going on here? No. What you guys should do is you should watch that bitch left me. <laughs> I thought uh, it was funny when I was a kid. Sean, did you it watch the show? Ever? I did. I did. <laughs> Okay, but I'm just checking, you know. I did. I, it was one of my favorite shows as a kid. However, I, I remember like three details from the show. So when I watch this episode, I go, I, I re- don't remember any of this. I've never heard of this show at all. Uh, so Out of This World was a straight, a lot, well, I, I would take it back. A lot of people think that it was this, but it's not. Um, it falls into the category of straight to syndication. However, for one season, it was prime time on NBC. In quotes. 
right? Well, yeah, quote unquote, prime time <laughs> on NBC because it started at 7.30. So the whole reason that this show was created was for NBC to grab the audience of their uh, regional owned and operated stations. When they went into primetime programming at eight o'clock, there was some money left on the table. They thought, well, we could start primetime at 7.30. We just have to generate ah. some, some content. So what they did was they, they produced a couple of shows. Out of This World was one of them. There was another show called uh, You Can't Take It With You with Harry Morgan based on the 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 popular the, the play show wow yes based yes. on the play um she's the sheriff yes oh, with Suzanne okay. Summers, Summers was part right. of that um a show called uh Marblehead Manor it was a tv show that happened to co-star Michael Richards and as you guys know he would become very very famous um for his role in uh, a hate crime at a comedy club and then <laughs> but um, first he what? was Marblehead but first he was Marblehead. <laughs> Children knew him as Marblehead. Then and he was then Stanley he, Spadowski from UHF. Then he was Stanley Spadowski. Then he said horrible things at a comedy club. And I don't think he did anything in between. Uh, he's been on um, Comedians in Cars with Coffee. Really? Was he in the back of a police car? No, no. For racial slur? <laughs> okay. No. Um, and then the last show was a show called We've Got It Made, which was yes. a, a re... So, so if you remember we, We've Got It Made, it was actually originally... Oh, was it You've Got It Made? No, no, no. It's We've Got It Made. I think it was, it was about, I've Got It Made. I'm going to punch you in the dick with your own dick. <laughs> it was called We've Got It Made, and it was about two bachelors that hired like a hot, young, 20-something-year-old woman to be their maid. And it was like Three's <laughs> Company, but like reverse. You would have never guessed that from the title. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was actually produced uh, for a season or two in 1983 or something like that. And then they brought it back in 1987 with a couple of the actors recast. So those were the, uh, the shows that NBC would, would have its own and operated regional stations play from 7.30 to 8 o'clock before going into their normal primetime fare. Unfortunately, it didn't work so well. I think it lasted about a season or so. Because they were getting their asses handed to them by like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, if you can believe that. I don't see how Jeopardy is more entertaining than Out of This World, but eh. You know, teach their own. What are you going to do? Well, one is, one is good. Oh. And then you've got Out of This World. Oh. Mm, oh. Too soon. All right. So let us plow on and, uh, and let's talk about this horrible motherfucker. Jeff, why don't you tell us about Out of This World? Uh, Evie Garland is a typical preteen living with her mother, Donna Garland, until on her 13th birthday, she develops the supernatural power to stop time and discover she's half alien. What? Yeah. Her alien father, Troy Garland, had to go back to his planet when Evie was one, though, to fight an alien war and claims to be trying to get back to her ever since. He communicates with Evie through a device that looks like a Qbert Mountain jewelry box. <laughs> And supporting characters include Evie's <laughs> Uncle Bino, who is overweight, so there can be fat jokes, the mayor of the town and former TV star Kyle Applegate, and Buzz. I don't know who the fuck this guy is or where he comes from, but when he shows up, we'll, we'll try to figure it out together. Because the show was so well done, it ran for four seasons from 1987 to 1991. Just kidding, it wasn't good. It was syndicated. It certainly was. And, th and that's the thing. It lasted for one year in primetime and then i guess it was too shitty for primetime but not shitty enough for syndication so it ran three more seasons 
um, in syndication. And it's this worth, show is it's, like a PSA that highlights the dangers of direct syndication. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think it ran in syndication on Saturdays, so it really was just looking for yeah. somewhere to go. <laughs> it didn't really matter, and it played forever. So, so the version of it that we watched, that we found online, was just somebody ripping it off uh, VHS tape. I'm assuming from like the early 90s. So this episode is from 87, but the broadcast that was uh, taped that we're watching is from like 91 or something like that. So it played forever. It just was on. Yeah. Uh, I apologize for thinking this, this show is great, but I was like, I don't know, three. So. Three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How yeah. old are you? Oh, um, I'm very young. You don't sound young. Yeah, he doesn't. You sound you you sound like a grown ass man. Oh yes, yes, I'm a very very young grown ass man. So this actually, what this recording that we watched, like included all of the commercials that were running during that airtime. So even though the show's from eighty something, the commercials that we actually saw and we'll talk about are from whenever it was rerunning in 90-something. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was like the early 90s, 90 or 91. Yeah, it was like 91. All right, well, let's get into this episode. And I hear we'll start off with the actual theme song itself. Listen to this. Oh. No. Sorry. I, I know. Oh, never, never I'm again. sorry. All right. That song that sounds done. really cool. I bet no, a song that you. cool <laughs> must be, be associated with a killer show. Yes. Yeah. Sean doesn't know that one, unfortunately. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, that was Nightman. Well, he's he was like two and a half when that was on. Yeah. It, back in 98. All right, I may, here's, have, I um, may have still been sperm. Who knows? You may still be sperm now. You might. That makes no sense. All right, here is, uh, here's the actual theme to Out of This World. She's helping. And now a yes. child can understand that this is the law of all the land. The ink is black. You sounded like Bowie there from yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that what you <laughs> were doing, I Bowie? <laughs> I thought he was doing Bowie from Labyrinth. I was a boy. Like, oh. I'm way off tonight. I was doing Three Dog Night because it's. That, well, that once I heard bridge the bridge that he does is totally <laughs> ripping off uh, Black and White by Three Dog Night. And now the child. Yes, but as soon as I hear you say the child, I hear <laughs> Labyrinth and... I didn't say boy child. Yeah. So <laughs> well, if you're going to play, play Three Dog Night, Alexa, play Shambhala by Three Dog Night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Alexa, why not? don't. Three Dog Night from Dennis Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Wash away my water. Wash away my pain. That's better. Much better. Much better. Alexa, stop. Does she have the ability to stop out of this world? Like, if you ask her, <laughs> now, Alexa, can you somehow erase out of this world you from go back in ever time existing? And stop out of this world. She's thinking about it. It's worth noting that the uh, the introduction has uh, sort of a zoom in through spinning planets, mm-hmm. and I was yes. like, "Hey, this is like the opening of MST during the Mike Nelson years." It also reminded me of a of like um, third third rock from the sun a little bit in, yeah, the, yeah. in the sort of cartoony look of the planets and what what was up with those fucking spaceships at the very beginning 
That was all footage from Buck Rogers. Is it seriously? Yes. Yeah. How how is that a yeah. thing? How can you well, do? Because it? it was. I think it was a Universal show, and they could just reuse the footage. Oh probably. my yeah. god! That makes sense. I I just thought. But I, I mean, if like, you have no idea what you're watching, it's a, like it's it's like a Buck Rogers musical or something. <laughs> no, right? there's also they've like edited down and Jeff, maybe, you know, this because you watch the pilot. They've like put together this sort of little clip montage of the story of like the alien landing yeah. and then them having the baby and then leaving. You'd and when that. they show the alien leaving, he's got a space helmet on and has this big like mouth, you know, sort of Marilyn Monroe lipstick print. Yeah. On it, mm-hmm. only it looks like it's about three times the size of what a human being's lips would be, just so it would read. But yeah. it's really, really bizarre. You don't think that Donna Pascal has like gigantic lips that are that big? <laughs> I think I, possibly. It, she hides them well on screen. I does. found, hey Scott, if I'm being honest, I found the whole intro a little weird only because, I mean, it, this, it, it read like to me and my adulthood as an elaborate scheme to get out of taking care of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, exactly. Like, oh, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, baby. I, I got to go back to space. Uh, <laughs> well, right. You know, in, in Jeff's intro, I could hear his vocal air quotes on a war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got a war. I got to go fight. I got to go out for intergalactic cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> That's never came back. Uh, well, maybe not surprising. The pilot had none of the stuff that you see in the opening credits at all. There was none of that. Uh, the the character of Troy, in fact, is kind of reminiscent of the neighbor from uh, that Tim Allen show. Oh, Let me uh, Google it. Home Improvement. Thanks. Thanks, Wilson. Dennis. Yes, Wilson. It's kind of like they always like obscured his face. Often, uh, if he ever shows up, they kind of he's always like, you know, either in a spacesuit or he's behind a, a wall or a mask right. or something like that. So they kind of always kind of were coy. Or he's in a Cuber Mountain jewelry box. <laughs> Yes. Which was the name of my clogging group in middle school. <laughs> um, I should mention that the pilot wasn't that bad. I mean, it was edgy, had some edgy writing. And I thought there was some uh, nice writing with the characters between uh, Maureen, the daughter and Donna. The, mm-hmm. I mean, Maureen plays the daughter. She's the actress that plays the daughter, Eva, Evie and Donna. None uh, of the none of those names were right, by the way. I know. Marine, <laughs> Donna. Marine. I just start saying names Herbert, when I get lost. Aloysius. They're all, all your favorites are there. <laughs> but they were they were charming. I uh there was some some funny lines. Uh well, here's an in, interesting note about that. And I I think Josh was the one that initially caught this, although I think we maybe caught it at the same time. One of their writer, producers, and story editors was Mike Scully, who um, Simpsons fans know really well. He would go on to be head writer and showrunner for a few years on Simpsons. Mm. And is depending on who you talk to, I actually like the Mike Scully episodes, but he can be very polarizing in the Simpsons community because people blame him for the proliferation of what they refer to as jerk-ass Homer which is when Homer becomes like really malicious and mean. And it sort of all culminates in the uh, Frank Grimes episode sort of pointing it out. But were you saying that, that in the pilot, it, it seemed like it wasn't so bad. So did, I, I don't know if did Mike Scully write the pilot or just this episode that we watched? 
Do we know? I, that would have required me to watch and research <laughs> another episode. It of, would have required <laughs> you to go to IMDb yes. and no, double check. No, no, no. Really? That's, 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 that's more effort than this deserves. I'm not giving Mike Scully credit or not credit. I'm just saying whoever wrote the pilot, at least for this scene, that was a sort of, I don't know, a sort of edginess to the writing and a, and a, yeah, I thought good dialogue. That, that didn't follow into the episode that we watched, but. No. But that was back when they were primetime. Oh, yeah, you're right. John John Bonney was the writer of uh, Evie's 13th Birthday, which was the pilot. Yeah, he also, I think he also did most of the songs on Slippery When Wet. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> no, no, great. no, that's John Bon Jovi. What? Are you sure? <laughs> that's not the same guy? No, I this this is the guy that did Christmas in the Stars, <laughs> the, the, the Star Wars Christmas album. Didn't he write all those songs with Richie Sambuca? <laughs> exactly well here here's a clip from the pilot you you tell me if this is edgier writing than some of the shit we saw in this episode honey do you feel anything different about yourself uh-uh. no changes of any kind still flat <laughs> you've been watering them every day <laughs> She's talking about. I don't know her, if that's edgy, talking but about that, her boobs. They're talking about her boobies. Uh, she's thirteen, Jeff. So I don't know why you had me pull that clip, you fucking weirdo. Uh, uh, I, I mean, just wanted to hear it again. That's if all. If she were a robot, she'd be right up Jeff's alley. Oh yeah. Oh, he loved when we w- watched Small Wonder. Robot boobs are flat. Mm. <laughs> I should mention that uh, the guy Wakanda forever. The, the character that plays. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they is the dick boys ain't they <laughs> we're gonna do all of the hits everybody possum you know, on a gum bush everyone possum on a gum bush different colors Dumont from tron <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'm gay <laughs> anything else the fucking gall of us to be so self-referential <laughs> and laugh at that yeah fuck us it's our last, it's our season finale. And yeah, we could the be listeners, done after. If you're skipping episodes sequentially, this is all your fucking fault. That's true. You need to listen to them in order. <laughs> the true. end. This would all make sense. Conceptual continuity. It's true. It does all make sense. <laughs> does it? Uh, Kyle Applegate is the, uh, the, the, the character that's the mayor. And it should be known that he's a famous TV actor who played a superhero called The Mosquito. And they reference it throughout this episode, but they never kind of reiterate that that's what the case is. They just kind of take it for granted that you know that already. So I thought I should warn you, get you up to speed on that. So I, I so he was like an Adam West type of character. Yeah, right? like he played this superhero character. Yeah, he also did. He also did was known for westerns, which yes. maybe is a nod to the actor. And I don't know if we played get into by who, actor Doug McClure. Yes, who uh, would go on to become at least in name, and maybe I think based on watching this a little bit in look, uh, would be the basis for Troy McClure. Yeah, um, from the Simpsons, which, which his. His, he's passed away, but his uh, his daughters say that he actually got a kick out of that and found that reference very funny. Yeah, he he passes away in ninety five. Yeah, very young. I was. Yeah, he was, yeah, like he was 50 young. He was in the fifties. Yeah, I think I think we're forgetting something here, guys. Oh, where is Doug McClure now? Sadly. Wait a minute. Doug McClure is dead. Yeah, you Did said you he not passed just hear away. The music? Well, I, I don't believe it until I hear Nin- that song. 1995, 59. Yeah. It's not until I hear that song that I actually officially recognize anyone's death. Doug McClure wow. is dead as the, our generation's Bella Lugosi is dead. 
Oh, where is Bella Lugosi now? No. What? Yeah. Sorry to say. Sadly. When did he die? Just now when I played that music. Yeah. And Dennis pulled the string. <laughs> well, okay, so enough fucking around. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That's that's a lot sooner than we usually call it. <laughs> we should probably do it now. So, so maybe the pilot wasn't so bad, but I guarantee you the episode that we watched was a steaming pile of shit. Yeah, um, this show fucking broke me. This one, this one, <laughs> this one is called Dueling Mayors. Jeff, tell us about Dueling Mayors. In this episode, Mayor Kyle Applegate is up for re-election and has some stiff competition from celebrity Charles Nelson Riley. Hang on. <laughs> what the fuck is Charles Nelson Riley famous for? Why was he on TV in the late 70s? And early, where did he come from? Where did he go? So where is Charles Nelson Riley now? Oh, oh no. Oh, God damn it. Oh, for God's sake. 2007, so we made it uh, longer than Doug. Yeah. Uh, boy, what, what was he, like, not known for? He was... Uh, did a lot of work uh, on. Uh, he was not known as a ladies' man. Yes, for Sid and Marty. He's kind of one of those. The obligatory love boat appearances. Yeah, as Sid I mean, and Marty Croft. He was uh, Horatio J. Hoodoo um, in Lidsville, the land of living hats, which is uh, probably, I think, both the weirdest thing that he did, but the thing he was most well known for. That's he's, dumb. I thought he's, he was most well known for Match Game and Hollywood yeah, well, that Squares. Too, but I mean, he was a personality by the time that that okay. came about. It's kind of like in the '60s and '70s, and maybe a little bit of the '80s. Just being a personality and doing the circuits on talk shows and stuff was almost a career in of itself. You could just yeah. kind of, if you were amusing and would just, you know, be on the couch of Johnny Carson or something. Yeah, I think in the '90s that happened with like stand-up comics. Yeah. So if you were a stand-up comic of yeah. note, you would show up on everybody's talk show or game show or whatever. I just always thought that Match Game was a weird one because not only would they have these like weird quote-unquote celebrities like Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Riley, you know where the fuck they came from and why they're important, why they're celebrities, but they'd also have other game show hosts. Like on Match Game, Richard Dawson was yep. a regular. Burt Convy was a regular. Well, but they, Dawson, you got to keep in mind with Dawson, he was coming off of uh, Hogan's Heroes, so he was he was known as an actor a little. I guess even that's though he true. was, but he was actively hosting uh, Family Feud at that point, so it was weird in that sense. Yeah, he would also get up and kiss everybody on the panel, which was. I thought he kissed him on the lips. He did. Oh, he you said they big. <laughs> three times as big as a human being lipstick. You <laughs> kissed him right on the panel. And we, we made the joke about it earlier, but it's worth noting that uh, Charles Nelson Riley's uh, shtickala, if you will, was his laugh, was his sort of <laughs> <laughs> yep. that he would do that he was known for in Lidsville and does it so many goddamn times in this episode, you could make a drinking game out of it. <laughs> Act one. Evie works on her first article as a youth page reporter for the Marlowe Star Ledger Herald Dispatch Sun Courier Times Orient Express on the upcoming election. 
Mayor Applegate plans on phoning it in and going on vacation as Buzz enters dressed identically to the mayor saying nutty shit like their established catchphrases, which maybe they are, as he pitches a campaign commercial. Applegate makes Donna his campaign manager and Charles Nelson Riley shows up campaigning door to door. If you hear that at your door, fucking lock it and turn the lights out. Are you kidding me? He's She's typing up her paper on a uh, an Apple II, which just yes. made me think, like, because <laughs> they make no attempt to hide that or rename it. Like, was that an indicator of where Apple was at that moment in time, like yeah. financially? Eighty seven. They needed the product placement. Yeah, it would have been eighty seven. I mean, it it's wasn't... got the it's got the big, like, almost uh, trash eighty looking yeah. keyboard and processor together, and then the big standalone CRT monitor. Mm-hmm. Which is way yeah. more than just a word processor. But yeah, so, they're I mean, sort of when the yeah, scene true. starts, they're sort of zoomed in on that Apple II logo, and I was like, "Damn, Apple needed some uh, some endorsement cash pretty quick there." Product placement money, maybe. I also got to say, why is she wearing her reporter hat? That nineteen fifties fedora looking thing. She's pink Carmen press. San Diego in that yes, scene. Yes, she does look like pink <laughs> Carmen San Diego. Very strange, but she's got she's got that hat, and that you know how like in the fifties. TV shows and movies, if you were part of the press, you'd have like, it would say press on a piece of paper and you'd stick it in the band of your hat. And you would say, what a scoop a lot. What a scoop. What a scoop. Well, it's how you, you know, it's how you get access. I guess, but she's at home. So I don't know what kind of access she needs at home working on her old ass computer. I don't know. I I was just thinking like, this is another uh, example of a really old writing staff thinking that they're, you know. That they're writing. Obviously, this is a 1950s, 60s trope. And what's that guy's name? Uh, John Boney. Is that the creator yes, of this show? The the writer. Joan Bonney. What's his name? Bon John. John Bonney. John Bonney. John Bonney. Yeah, that guy B-O-N-I. was. That guy was like super old when this show was on. Um, <laughs> so just like just like uh, Small Wonder, another example of old That's ass why all writers. The megaphone singing in Charleston, <laughs> <laughs> dancing in it. So this is in this scene, we also learn that Evie has a source that's been feeding her information mm-hmm. that she refers to as deep ears. <gasps> that's so this is the second time in Inside the Idiot Box history that we've watched a family show that references deep throat. And you just think to yourself, like, does anybody involved think about or maybe they do and they don't care yeah the derivation of that term and the fact that you know it's it's referring to a porno film deep throat yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it is only deep ears in this so this is getting close to the internet age where you know there's a video for everyone ew what do you guys think of buzz all right, so you you were curious about Buzz, and God damn it, I did the research. So so just so that we, we can frame this correctly, Buzz yep. is this guy <laughs> who strolls into the scene, kind of like, you know, Michael Richards, the racist. He's slow Kramer. And slow, <laughs> he's like a slow Kramer. Yes. Um, so he's Not just kinda, his fault. They give him large amounts of space he has to immediately arrive at. He's got a lot of dialogue on his crosses, uh-huh. yes. yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, he just kind of he's he's like the wacky neighbor kind of character that that just kind of barges into the scene, takes over for a couple of minutes, and then barges out of the scene, right? 
So he has, what, who is this fucking guy? But he has like an indistinguished like um, accent that's sort of reminiscent, and maybe in, uh, he's sort of the uh, sort of the pioneer of this. But he's got that Hank Azaria, uh, Agador Spartacus from Birdcage kind of like vibe about him. Yeah, if you're familiar with that character, except yeah. dumber, yeah. much dumber, yeah, and not not <laughs> nearly funny at all. But it's just that kind of like nonsense is being is spoken and he, you know, he says the wrong words because you know, he doesn't speak good English or something weird right. like to believe. So he, this guy, his name is Lorenzo Matawaran and he was a stand up comic in the late seventies, early eighties. And as part of his routine, he would talk about his Filipino heritage and sort of landed on over time, this character Buzz Belmondo um, that he would do. And apparently in the stand-up scene, I guess it became well enough known on some level, but I think it's like Dennis was mentioning earlier on a very old man level that, Hey, he does this funny character. And then it almost became its own thing. Like Paul Rubens doing Pee Wee Herman. Mm. And so that's the weird thing is that, you know, Buzz Belmondo is not the actor's name. That's what he is credited as. Right. In this oh, episode, man. and then they call him Buzz on top of it. So, so if, and, and I'm talking to you here, uh, Sean, it's mm-hmm. like Larry the Cable Guy is not really Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> and I, I hate what? to break it to you because I know he's one of your favorite uh, comedians, but he's just an actor, right? Playing a part. Yeah. That's what this yeah, Buzz yeah, Belmondo yeah. guy is doing. Yeah. Well, I, this is funny. I thought he, re, he reminded me of, and of course, he predates the most interesting man in the world, but it's like they went to some place and found a guy to, hey, <laughs> the hey, least you, interesting man in the world. He's like, hey, can you do this for 10 bucks? And he's like, yeah, man, I'll do this for 10 bucks and showed up on this show to, to, like, sure do, to do his impression of, of what he thought the most interesting man would sound like. According to the audience, he fucking kills. Yeah. Oh, Buzz slays. Yeah. Here, he's great. Here, let me, let me play. I'm going to play the entire bit. Oh, God. That Buzz does. Oof. And just All listen right. to the audience reaction. That's like the whole episode. This is comedy gold, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready. Do you know me? Of course you do. I'm Kyle Applejuice. Apple gay. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch. I'll try to work it in. Life's funny, is it not? This town needs a mayor, and I just happen to be one. Oh, I'm a nice guy. I used to be a bug on TV. <laughs> and I need the work. So won't you please vote for me? And I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> Don't I am so confused. Me. What are you talking about? Well, genius, no? I hate it. Yes, me too. Stinks on ice. Well, I'll work on it. Then I'll get back to you. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Wow, yes. Yeah. He had he got we, the applause on the way out, man. That means he's awesome. Which is great because he doesn't get it on the way in. And the awkwardness of it is spectacular. I think we talked earlier about how, you know, the reason that Kramer worked so well on Seinfeld was all he had to do was open the door. He didn't have to go anywhere. Right. It was just the sort of way he lurched in the doorway. And Buzz does that at the beginning of the scene and then has this interminably long cross yeah. that he has to do to get to the center of the scene and then gets to the center of the scene and puts his hands on his hips like. Here comes the applause and nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just like dead silence. A little bit awkward. Well, Cause there's like a couple of things he says, like, uh, I'll do it for a dollar. There's another one that was just before that. And it's getting laughs. And I'm just like, is he making references that 
I have no idea what the references are. Yeah, it's kind of like everybody that listens to this podcast. We yes. make references where nobody knows what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about. They, they don't know what they're referencing if they haven't listened to the previous episodes. So Jeff, having never watched any episode in between, he's referencing, I, and the, to be fair, I've never seen this guy in any episode I watch. <laughs> but again, I, I remember three You're things. You're missing the rich eight episode lineage <laughs> of Buzz Belmondo. <laughs> Yeah, the, the things that, that pop out in my memory about this show are the uh, the music box father yeah, and uh, and uh, her, her stopping time with her fingers. Those are like the two things that stand out for me. Everything else is like this happened in this show. But again, I was like, I don't know, five, three, four, five. Good I don't God. know. God, Why did you want us to do this one for fuck's sake? Because it was an it was an old show. You have to do an old show. So I was like this. this okay. I love this show. It seems old. I mean, old to me, old to me. Yeah. All You're right, welcome. Well, You're welcome. It's also, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but as you know, we talked about Charles Nelson Riley's uh, ism that he was known for. And Doug McClure uh, has one of his own, which is he chuckles at everything that he says. He really fucking does. I, I noticed that by my third or fourth viewing. And it was just, it's almost like a weird tick that he has it that he kind just, of is where kyle will say a line and he's like blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like after everything <laughs> he's kind of a, a real world uh not high-pitched mickey mouse <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that would be slowed down mickey mouse anyway act two electric boogaloo 90s commercials <laughs> oh that's yeah. right this is airing in the 90s and there was commercials with it so we're gonna that's go right. over the commercials let's talk First about commercial, commercials was uh, Ross. Ross has Father's Day gifts for $14.99, $9.99, and $5.99. And I might have inadvertently made that a better commercial than it actually was. Yeah. <laughs> I love the shirts in the commercials. I want some of those shirts. Well, they're, they're only $9.99 or $5.99. Well, but they may have appreciated in value since 1991. So <laughs> That's uh, right. they may be worth six six oh one. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, I think that that commercial gate was about to give me some epileptic seizures because all it was was flashing prices and like a bunch of quick cuts of polo shirts and shorts. It was, yeah, there very, was no very warning disorienting. Very they were trying to brainwash you into buying cargo shorts. That's true. <laughs> there was a Which very Pucci esque uh, theme to these commercials and their attempts to be extreme about everything. It did feel yeah. like it was 1990 something. Uh, the next commercial was for uh, Vidal Sassoon. They're selling shampoos and conditioner that will give your hair bounce and shine. But it's very typical uh, commercial of that era where they basically you're in a salon and you're just seeing women like shake their hair back and forth to show they you. They actually how. say in the commercial it will leave your hair in bouncy salon condition. And well, I thought, go. I wish I was in bouncy salon <laughs> condition. <laughs> The shampoo will leave your hair breathless. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau? He could have never done that on his old mic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he could have. It just wouldn't be as buttery. Uh, next, uh, Mick World, if you remember this campaign, Mick World tells a dystopian story of giving one child godlike powers of wealth and tyranny. <laughs> That she uses to go to McDonald's. That was bizarre. If you think about it outside of the, the ad campaign, uh, it does not show the food at all. No, and she summons a giant stretch limousine. That's about the just to go visit McDonald's, away. but they don't yeah. go. I want to go get a hamburger or some fries or while they're playing a uh, wars low rider knockoff. 
Very strange. And it seems like a very 90s thing of like, whatever you want, you can have. So they create this sort of like commercial campaign where a kid just goes, I'm going to be president for a day. And then they just sort of explore that as an idea. And this kid was going to, I guess, be super wealthy, gets a big stretch limo and the ability to party inside of it. And then a limo with a self-destruct device. Important note. Yeah. What yes. the fuck was that about? Yeah. She actually she actually tries to freak her friends out that are outside the limo by saying through a, a, a microphone that's blaring to the outside. This limo will self-destruct. And the kids run away. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that, that was, was the bizarre. Mick world equivalent of "Hey, good looking." I'll be back to pick you up later, <laughs> <laughs> Mister uh, Death Microphone. And she, they, they did sort of punchline to the whole thing is that the limo is so long that it has multiple windows, but that's okay because in Mick world, so does the McDonald's. Yeah, are multiple drive drive windows. Like, do, you, do you pay like? a portion of what you owe at each window progressively and then you pick the bag up or how does that work? Shut up, Scott. She's okay. running yeah. that McWorld and she will fucking put you and to the wall. she'll blow that fucking limo up. <laughs> <laughs> she will line you up against the wall and have you killed. Uh, Frosted Flakes shows that a high school hunk isn't too old or too cool to eat Frosted Flakes and score on some high school babes. This was fucking weird. It the was moral weird. of this commercial was nothing says high school sex like Frosted Flakes. We're in yeah. a caf- cafeteria at a high school and he's just munching away at the... The cereal. Frosted- the cereal. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You caught me before. I, I didn't want to choose graphic. Spoiler alert. Uh, Wait, what? And what, what did he say at the end? I, I He goes, okay, he says this. I like the taste. I like the tiger. And also... He likes doing hand stuff behind the bleachers during six period. <laughs> it was very weird. Like he, yeah, he was like hitting on this pretty girl by saying, uh, "I like the taste," and uh, "Hey, I like the tiger." Is the tiger like a hot Carl <laughs> term for something? Yeah, I was like, I know there's an innuendo here. I just can't figure out what it is. What's the tiger equal? I just, I guess I never realized that uh, Frosted Flakes had such a PR problem in, in the 90s that they had to make sure kids knew that you, you could still get some and have. Uh, not kids, a, not kids. High schoolers. Adults. Were, were walking away from their beloved Frosted Flakes because they thought it was not cool anymore to be eating kid cereal. So the executives got together and said, we need a campaign that, that proves that it's still cool to be eating Frosted Flakes when you're not a kid. Call it something like Poochie, only not so dumb. Gucci <laughs> flakes and then finally founder and ceo of hannah anderson's children clothing gun denhart tells us to use tide gun denhart she she was uh luke's tail gunner on hoth wasn't she <laughs> no, i like, thought she was like a female warner herzog <laughs> these children their clothes are very dirty just just like klaus kinski <laughs> when we took the boat up the mountain in Fitzcarraldo. luke the grappling hook is malfunctioned. <laughs> that was a tail gunner joke. <laughs> God, I was going to do a tail gunner joke. Yeah. Whatever. Gun den hot. So I think she's, is that Swedish? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Poor gun. So act three, act three, Donna invites Charles Nelson Riley in and he meets the mayor and awkward rival sparks fly. It's funny that you say that uh, Donna invites Charles Nelson Riley in. Well, you have to. He, Charles Nelson Riley can only enter your house if you invite him in. 
<laughs> he's like a, he's, he's vampire rules, but it, it renders you powerless against him as well. So, so he can he I'll put you yeah. in my trance. They should have used him in uh, Salem's Lot. <laughs> it's like yeah. Danny Glick or something. Yeah, he'd be on the second open floor the window, window. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just tap, tap, tap on the window. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> he shows up. Hello, I'm Charles Nelson Riling, and I'm running for mayor. I'm in <laughs> full Lidsville mode. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a car that's trying to start. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flood it. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of he there was a kind he wasn't he wasn't bad. Like he was, I you know they. We didn't really talk about it in the last scene where he kind of introduces himself and she she yeah. keeps repeating what he says to him. And I thought he was he's doing his job. I mean, he's, he's not, not a bad, bad actor. No, I, I will say this, that that he was if you watch old episodes of Match Game, he was charming as shit. He was funny. He was charming. He was he was a lot cooler than I think people give him credit for. They were all 20 sheets to the wind on yeah, Match Game. Maybe well. that's why, because they were all smoking and drinking, and that's why they True. were really cool on that show. You can tell in this scene, too, that they're all, they all come from stage backgrounds because they all just effortlessly cheat out. It's, I mean, it's very appropriate to the sort of sitcom vibe, Yeah, but it's like they all walk in, and even if they have to cross behind something you will never see them turn to the extreme right or left, even to talk to somebody. They're always facing out. That's funny. But they're so they're so they're doing that for an audience that is probably not there because it's all <laughs> canned laughter. Is that what we're saying? I don't think it's canned. I don't think it's canned because then, of the way they react so severely to some of the jokes. Seems Did you hear the reaction to Buzz Belmondo? Yeah. They were literally <laughs> screaming. Buzz was killing it. That's right. That can't be real. Well, you're unless not wrong. somebody was being murdered in the audience while he was going on doing his. Well, thing. it does support well, it. It does support my thought that some of these jokes got lost, and and like I guess the, it wasn't because they weren't necessarily funny or charming. But that the guy who was in charge of the laughter just didn't hit the button. Yeah, like like he didn't have the applause for uh, for Buzz when he walked in. <laughs> the light went out on the sign. <laughs> yeah, but at one point in the scene, Buzz makes a reference to Bruce Willis's uh, music career, and like the crowd yeah. goes wild. So that can't be real. That's a great. That's a great Act Four note. Oh my! Am I, am I ahead? Am I ahead? Oh shit! This <laughs> is season finale. I'm drunk, man. <laughs> also the show is so bland and generic it's hard to keep track of where things are because it's, it all, you're not wrong you're not it's wrong, all man. terrible josh was hoping we were farther along in the script <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's a joke in this scene too with uh evie wanting to take uh photos for her article of uh charles nelson riley and uh kyle and he pulls out an electric razor Kyle yes. does and starts shaving himself <laughs> and then as near as I could tell confuses Victor Kayam, who was the entrepreneur who bought Remington with Groucho Marx. Like it's a very odd moment. It's an odd line. Can I get a few pictures? Oh, of course, my little constituent. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I liked it so much. I bought the company. <laughs> <laughs> And he's doing he's doing the whole cigar thing with the 
the razor. And that was, you know, for for those who are uh, not as ancient as me and don't remember the Remington commercials, that was the whole shtick was their CEO, Victor Kayam was in the commercials and he would talk about how great the razor was. And then he'd go, I liked it so much. I bought the company. But and, he's uh, doing Groucho Marx. Yes. I liked it so much. I, I bought the company. It reminds me. Oh, God. And good night, Avoisin. Taking it back. It's a small wonder. It reminds me of that Mr. Show sketch where uh, Bob Odenkirk teaches history by playing billiards, where he goes, <laughs> exactly. he does the impression. I think he goes, uh, here, over here, we've got Humphrey Bogart, Judy, Judy, Judy. That's not Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> There's Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Batman the horse. Batman the horse. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a podcast on Mr. Show. I love that show. We where we just watch Mr. Show. The Mr. Show Show. The Mr. Show Show? Ooh, I like it. The rest writes itself. Oh my god. Ackford. Donna discovers that Evie scooped a quote from her about the mayor having a rough go at the race, and Mayor Applegate is furious with the article. Then that fucking whackbird buzz enters dressed identically <laughs> to the mayor again, saying nutty shit like their established catchphrases, which maybe they are, as he pitches another campaign commercial. Donna convinces the mayor that the best way to campaign is not to speak when just then Charles Nelson Raleigh shows up and challenges him to a debate. Call triple A. Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to start a lawnmower. Uh, according to the, according to the live audience, uh, Buzz fucking killed on his line where he where he makes fun of uh, Bruce Willis not recording another album. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Return of Bruno <laughs> hatred going on in that audience for some reason. Seagrams, golden wine cooler. Well, yeah, I, I will tell you where they were on top of something, though. Um, this this episode was 87 as was the release of the return of Bruno. So they were so, cutting ooh, edge. They cut it right off at the knees on uh, this one. I kind of liked that uh, music, but I don't remember any of it. Do you guys remember a song from... Respect Yourself. That's right. Respect Yourself. And then he just plays harmonica for 15 minutes. Na, 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 yeah. na. I think he does Under the Boardwalk on there. I may or may not have that 45. Okay, a couple things I want to clear up real quick. Sean, number one, 45s were like little tiny, like, you know, casingles. Oh, Sean, casingles were like uh, cassettes mini with just CDs. one song. So they're like mini they're CDs like, uh, that you like, put. Like hit clips. Like hit clips. Thank you. Okay, Except now like I'm speaking larger. your language. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so thank he you. had the 45 of uh, Respect Yourself. Bruce Willis, before he was in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, was a, a comedian who, if you remember, was in a nope. very, very uh, good movie called Hudson Hawk, where he sang nope. Swinging <laughs> on a Star uh, while he was robbing it's a museum. Full circle. Thank you. Wow. I did that know. was where. Good night, everyone. That Holy was where shit. the good began and ended in Hudson I, Hawk. I didn't, didn't that know That was any actually of that. a brilliant idea to have a heist that's timed out to a song. Yeah. It's right at the beginning and it all goes south after that. Yeah. I thought, if I'm being honest, that that was just an arbitrary joke he made about Bruce Willis. I did not know that he actually had uh, an album. Yes, he, did. he had a he had an album called <laughs> The Return of Bruno. But where was he Bruno returning was, from? I don't know. 
He was, that was his first he album, had right? Nom, he had that plate in his head when he came back. He, oh, when he, he got right. hit with that propeller. Hey, Madison, Madison, <laughs> I'm back. It's the return of Bruto, Madison. There was a show called Moonlighting. You should have called this album Die Harmonica. <laughs> Consensus? All right. These are the season finale jokes Josh Parker brings oh, to the table, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You might have just sold more of them. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Truth in advertising. Don, have you ever heard of the show Moonlighting? No, never. Oh. What if I What if I said some walk by night? Moonlighting strangers. I knew I could we'll get Scott to start singing. None of those things sound familiar. On the way. <laughs> hey, and then and then Booger was in it. Booger. Yeah, I know. I know Booger. From Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, he was in yes. it. Yes. I know Booger. from American Dad fame. Yeah, uh, oh, that's he, right. He, he's the kid's friend, uh, Steve. So Buzz is a fucking whack jog, and I think this is the last time. No, this is not the last time we see him. But oh, we'll see him no. again. Buzz, I something I noticed about Buzz in this scene is that he has interstitial movement, <laughs> like he's a Disney animatronic between ride vehicles. So, mm-hmm. like, even when he doesn't have lines, he's like constantly doing this shit with his body that you just want to grab him and go, just stop fucking moving. Yeah. <laughs> just stop moving. Hey brother, yeah, it was, it was the eighties. It was coked out of his mind. I'm yes. sure a stand up comic in the eighties. Yep. Cocaine. Cocaine. He's he was like a cocaine. C-3PO that faulted. <laughs> <laughs> At Star Wars. We, we need a reset on bus Belmondo, please. <laughs> Act five. More nineties commercials. Oh yeah. More. Uh, Family Matters shows me what I never missed. Yeah, they do a promo for Family Matters. And at the end of it, um, one of the minor characters, Steve Urkel, uh, does some sort of line. Uh, I think it was, uh, am I responsible for this? Or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Did that happen because of me? (laughs) Yeah. Something along those lines, I think is what it was. If it weren't for the fact that this, you know, was clearly somebody's live recording from like 91, it almost feels like the Family Matters syndication commercial is only there to make me feel slightly better about the dog shit that I'm watching. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. I've, I, I, uh, full disclosure, I've never watched Family Matters, so it could be a brilliant show. It is great. It is. It's great. However, listen, I realize I recommended this show. From the guy who remembers a music box and I think she touches her fingers. Hang on, hang on. Just so that you know, just so that we can kind of connect everything. The dad from Family Matters was Reginald the cop in the jail from Ghostbusters and he was the cop Mm -hmm. from Die Hard. Who needs backup now. He needs backup now. now, God damn it. Yeah, he was. He yes. So it's, it all comes for. So and and who else is in Die Hard? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Who was in Moonlighting? Mac tonight. <laughs> Mac tonight. Wait, yeah. what? Moonlighting. Obscure eighties uh, food icon <laughs> or food mascot. <laughs> <laughs> food icon. Food icon. During the day, it was Ronald McDonald. At night, it was Mac tonight. Oh, hey. oh nightmare fuel. I Mac the knife and uh, or Mac tonight. And uh, the Puttermans still haunt me in my nightmares. The Puttermans were the robot plastic face people. Yes, for Duracell. Oh, you're right. Yeah. They tried to bring it back a few years ago, like 
as a retro thing. Yeah, that was their uh, that was Duracell's rebuttal to the Energizer bunny. They thought they had to get like hip and topical. Uh, speaking of hip and topical, let's move on to the Raisin brand commercial. <laughs> Talk about that. So you're just going to skip right over the Pantene Pro V like it doesn't even fucking exist. Like I, nobody the only cares. thing that I could think of watching this is does the out of this world audience or did the out of this world audience have like seriously damaged hair? Pantene Pro V will take care of your hair's diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Who was their target audience that they were trying to sell them like uh, frosted flakes, but also like hair product? People who did not have salon bouncy hair. Is the answer? Uh, I guess so. Teenagers who were worried about not getting some because they were eating frosted flakes. Yeah. Well, Raisin Brand proved just how goddamn out of touch it was by suggesting that it's more raisins that kids demand in the breakfast cereal. Ah. Oh, and that they'd want Raisin Brand hip hop clothing with the uh, two proofs of purchase. Well, there was something else that that the kids apparently were requesting from the cereal, and I didn't quite understand it. Get a lot of this. A little less butt hair. Less butt a little less butt hair. Right here, here, let me go back. Play that again. Get a lot of this. A little less butt hair. Wait, wait, wait. What did he say? A little less butt hair. He can't be saying that. Is this a uh, patented? What the fuck did he just say? I, I think, think this is a, the fuck did you just say? Fuck did you just say? Get a lot of this. A little less butt hair. <laughs> less butt hair, please. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> He's saying, I believe he's saying a little less fun here. Oh, but it what really you... sounds like he's saying a little less butt hair. I can't <laughs> that's unhear all, that. that. That's all I and hear. And I, I couldn't agree with him more on that sentiment. You know what he, I like? Just a little less butt hair. In my raisin brand, just a, a little, little less. less butt hair. I mean, some butt hair is fine, but yeah. not so much. <laughs> I mean, well, when you're trying to be edgy and bring it into the 90s, you want some butt hair, but a little little less would be fine. Well, maybe he conditioned it down to the roots with his Pantene <laughs> Pro-V. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pantene Pro-V oh. will condition your roots all the way to the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> bring shine and bounce to your butt hair. A little less than most brands. A little less butt hair. Uh, are you looking for a good truck? You know I am. Come out to Worthington Ford and see your good friend Cal Worthington. So you guys don't know who Cal Worthington yes, is. Yes, I do, sir. No, well, you don't. You didn't grow up with him. Like yes, I, I did, sir. Well, if you're in the Philippines or Germany, you do not. <laughs> up in Washington State, he he had transplanted oh. during the, I think, seven, late 70s because he was in some kind of a lawsuit for screwing over Southern Californians. So he moved to Washington state and was there for a few years. So go see Cal, go see Cal, go see Cal was like running all the time. Did not know that. I, yeah. I, th- I thought he was always in, in Long Beach, always down there. Worthington died. No, that's the sublime style. That yeah. You're oh, if you're looking for something, it's go still see Cal. straight from Long LBC. Beach. Something, 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 go see Cal. Which yeah. I thought he was saying pussy cow. It sounded like he was saying pussy cow. If you need a car or truck, pussy cow. What? <laughs> What's a pussy cow? Like a pussy cat, but bigger and it gives yeah, you milk. I thought that too. You did, right? But with a little less butt hair. No, pussy cows have plenty of butt hair. Um, <laughs> but a yeah. little less than cow. Well, a little less than regular cows. Uh, yeah, so I'm not alone. I thought it was pussy cow. Yeah. Josh, you thought the same thing. I thought it was, yeah. I don't think I did. 
I think yeah, I'm the I, odd man out. I here. never, I never heard that. Not, not even now when you played it. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. Yep. Well, two against two. So Scott, okay. you're the tiebreaker. Well, is it Pussy I, Cow? We didn't have that shit but, in Florida. But you, do you have the song, the Cal Worthington song? Here, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll play it for you. Here you go. Cal Worthington at his dog spot. If you need a better car, go see Cal. For the best deal by far, go see Cal. If you want your payments low, if you want to say some dough, go see Cal, go see Cal, go see Cal. If you want your pain <laughs> slow. <laughs> <laughs> I still hear it, even to yeah. this day. Yeah, and his dog spot, and they'd always change what his dog spot was. It'd it be could a be a cow a or a elephant or a whatever. Pussy cow. A pussy cow. I think he was uh, he was cheering on a uh, manatee. Go see cow, go see cow, go see cow. Go see cow. This boy's from Florida. <laughs> now, I, I, I heard it when Scott said it. I heard it when Scott said it, but not, not when it was in the commercial. I think something's wrong with my ears. Too much butt hair. That's why. <laughs> too, Way too, too much, much butt, butt hair. hair. Way too much butt hair. <laughs> Puffs. Ultra soft tissues are finally invented to keep those of us who, you know, use tissue a lot from rubbing it raw. Ew. <laughs> so pus, this is this is a new invention. And uh, whenever what year this was, early 90s. We hadn't developed the technology to add lotion yet. That yeah. No, later. no, it's not, not not that quite. But they're they've been puffed up. So they are much thicker uh, tissues. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> all right. On that one. Oh, fine. Puffs Plus, now this Pantene Pro-V. <laughs> Hot teacher can only relate to her students who drink Yoohoo chocolate mm. drinks. And it's actually a damn good marketing strategy. I was uh, like, I'm going to buy some Yoohoo right now. Here, I'm going uh, to play the whole thing here. Okay. And this will, when Dennis plays this, you'll understand why it's extreme when the kids drink it. Sometimes I wonder if I'm getting through to them. Brian, am I getting through to you? The only things that matter to them are Godzilla, basketball, and chocolate. Not that I have anything against Godzilla or basketball. Yes! Or chocolate. I drink Yoohoo. It's a delicious chocolate snack with vitamins and minerals. Ready, go! It's Bill and Ted? one thing we have in common. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing. 99% fat-free Yoohoo. That's cool. It's not that cool, dude. You know it's extreme because wheelie, 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 wee. Yeah. Uh, okay. So hot, really hot uh, young teacher is talking about her students and uh, all they're into <laughs> are the three things that all kids in the 80s were into. Oh, yeah. oh 100%. What were they again? Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. Basketball. Ba- basketball. And chocolate. And chocolate. And Dude. when you mix the three, I think it would go something like this. Yoo-hoo! And go, on the flip side, dude meisters. They're so impressed with themselves for being 99% fat-free. So, because they know, like... What the, they don't tell you is, before they start, it's got 200% fat in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, marshmallows are, are 100% fat-free. You just eat a bunch of marshmallows. Done. When I watch this yeah, commercial... But- yeah. Sorry, Dennis, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go. Uh, Everybody else does. Go for it. <laughs> when I watch this commercial, <laughs> I, uh, what came to mind was the Bill and Ted episode you guys had just done. Yeah. And uh, that sound, that guitar sound was a lot better than the one they had in that it show. Was. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> then Rufus they and... should have just cribbed it from <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all I have to say about that. Dennis, what were you going to say? I was just thinking that Act d- six. You might. The mayor, Donna, <laughs> Evie, and Charles Nelson Riley show up to the debate, but there's a huge oh. problem. 
There's no one to moderate. Then Donna moderates. Then the candidates debate what is funny, and we all lose for it. Yeah, they didn't talk any about the issues at all. They just, who's a better comedian? Yeah. And uh, I think we learned that neither of them are a better comedian. No, the, the answer is the audience loses. Boo. I have a nitpick. What's oh. that? His claim during the mayor's claim during the debate is that he's been mayor for the last five years. Right. But the term limit for term limit for a mayor is two years. And he's on his third reelection campaign. So how has he been there for five years? Well, you have to remember that the showrunner is so fucking old. He was writing this <laughs> during the Franklin Roosevelt administration, I think. <laughs> when the mayoral process was invented. <laughs> I, I just yeah. think this was super, super shoddy work by them. And I, I think the show has really suffered for it. Wait, you think this is the shoddy work? <laughs> this is what you're glomming on It's to? not Buzz Belmondo that does it for you. <laughs> no, no, that's all fine. <laughs> Doug McClure laughing after every fucking line. That's cool. <laughs> I wish we had some, some audio of that. No, we don't. Sorry. <laughs> we don't, but speaking of audio, there yeah. are a couple of the fuck did you just say what? moments? I didn't know that we had this many in this episode. And I believe I think they're both uh CNR is the kids call him or Charles Nelson Riley. Gotcha. The kids don't call him that. Here's one. Vote Riley, that's me. Oh, Mrs. Garland, I I am so glad you're here. Something terrible has happened. Well, whatever Kyle has done, I'm sure he'll apologize for it. No, it has nothing to do with Kyle. You see, we have no one to moderate this debate. Well, what happened to Mrs. Claver from the League of Women Voters? She slept in the tub. <laughs> she slept in the tub? Yeah. And she drowned. Did. Now she's dead. Oh. Yep. Have you seen The Shining? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, is that who it was? That's how that happened. I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. <laughs> she slept in the tub. <laughs> she slept right through her alarm. <laughs> he's got a little of the schlagmajl. You know, he's got that little lispy. What do you call that when it's you're talking through your teeth like that? Uh, a speech impediment. Oh, uh, I think Rileying. I don't know. Is there a word for that? Yeah. So I think he's obviously saying she slipped in the tub, but he's he he's slept. like, she slept. She slipped in the tub. Well, it has to be slipped because he's setting Evie up for the punchline. Yes. Oh, which I didn't catch. Sorry. Well, no, it's. <laughs> um, he still would. Uh, I think she says you're goddamn right. Her fat ass slipped. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I, I, that's what I remember anyway. I don't think that's a quote from the show. But then he laughs yeah. at the end. <laughs> that was the Mike Scully influence. <laughs> jerk ass and Charles Nelson Riley. That's right. Jerk ass CNR. All right. So you said there was a couple of what the fucks. What was the other one? There, well, there is. There's another one where uh, Charles Nelson Riley is talking about uh, Buzz. Oh, Jesus. And, and <laughs> more Buzz. Uh, I think after about 17 listenings, I figured it out. But let's see if you guys can catch it. Buzz is your campaign manager? Oh, yeah. You're right, Mom. It is scary. <laughs> he won't even know. You see, I said I'd appoint him dog catcher. Now he's out buying dogs to catch. I said I'd appoint a dog catcher. Yes. Appoint him dog catcher. I said I'd appoint a. 
I said I'd appoint him dog catcher. Now I said I'd appoint him dog catcher. Oh, you see, I said I'd appoint him dog catcher. Now you see, I said I'd appoint him dog catcher. Oh, I, I hear it now. See, I hear I what said, it is. I see. I said. You see. I said. I'd, I'd appoint, appoint him dog. Him. I, yes, I'd yes. appoint him dog catcher. I said I'd appoint him dog catcher. Now he's dog catcher. Yes, I said, I said dog catcher. But I said, but I said to point a sounds just as legit. Legit. I said to point a dog catcher. I said to point a. Oh, see the I love that laugh. It's so great. Also, why does Donna want to moderate so badly in this scene? That, yeah, so, so they say that the, the, the lady slipped in the tub and Donna's like, oh, I couldn't uh, perish the thought. But she is like getting ready to hop up on. Yeah, she, you can tell she's into it, um, which is just a weird like character shift for her. Like there's no indication that she wants the limelight at all. It's just a, a weird character beat for her that comes out of nowhere. I don't understand it. She's it's like, also oh, worth there. noting that somehow this one scene manages to be as long as the entire episode. <laughs> well, at least all, that's how it felt. It all <laughs> comes to get, it all kind of falls apart, I guess, is really what, it, what happens when they yeah. get into a debate about what is funny somehow. I don't know why that happens, but that's what happens. Yes, they will. They, they, first of all, they, they start with takes for some reason where it's like, right. You know, you don't know how to do a double take. Well, you don't know how to do a triple take and yeah. I'll show you a quadruple take and none of it is funny. Well, you wouldn't know that because the audience is losing their shit. That's, That's right. True. Or the guy with the button is is hitting it a lot. I'm not sure. Well, what you couldn't see was Buzz was standing behind the two of them just, you know, <laughs> moving around the way that he does. And that's comedy gold. Yes. The audience cannot. As previously established on Out of This World. But it's, we're talking, first of all, you mentioned the double taking. Yep. So they both, they do, I can do a double take. And he doesn't, oh, I can do a triple take. Oh, I can oh, do a quadruple oh. take. And everybody's oh, like, oh. Oh, And a then triple take without losing my glasses. <laughs> and then straight out of the, uh, the archives of vaudeville, uh, the mayor cuts off Charles Nelson Riley's tie. And mm-hmm. then he, Oh, rips off the sleeves of his jacket. And then he saves he does the something. best for last, though. And this ties yes. into Dennis's note about the writing staff being 900 years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he takes out a seltzer bottle, which is, you know, usually which, at a which, mayoral Which he gets debate. where? Why? Like Why town hall s- meeting. Here's a fully charged seltzer bottle. He pulls the front of his pants open and then squirts it into his crotch area. Into Charles. So Doug McClure does that yes. to Charles Nelson yes. Riley. At least we think it's seltzer. We, you know. Yes, it could be battery acid. We don't fucking know. Right. Um, so then the PS de Resistance, he, uh, Charles Nelson Riley takes a no. cream. No, sir. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, sir. Oh, go ahead. It's the mayor takes a cream pie yes. and is about to slam it into Charles Nelson ah. Riley's face. But the old switcherooski, and just as he's going to do that, Charles Nelson slams it into the mayor's face with his own hand. So it's that little twist, it's that little twist that tells you that's what comedy Fine line is between clever and stupid. Yes. <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley dunked on mayor Applegate. Like he was Charles Nelson Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. High space <laughs> jammed him. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> And and thus is wait a second is is Charles is Charles Barkley an actual person or is that just a character that Keenan Thompson plays? Because I'm pretty sure he's my favorite Keenan Thompson character from Saturday. And why have we never seen him in the room with Gnarls Barkley? 
Crazy. John Barkley trained Godzilla in the 90s. Do you remember that? <laughs> Wait, what? You remember that? What are you talking we trained about? Trained the chocolate and the other things the kids yeah, like. Space Jam. In the in the uh, in those Nike's Nike commercials in the nineties, oh, that's, right. that's right. Charles Barkley right. versus Godzilla. They even had a comic book about yeah. it. Right. So wait a second, wait a second. So basketball yeah. and Godzilla. Where was right. the chocolate? Oh, good question. Chocolate Godzilla. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds chocolate like a sex- Godzilla. <laughs> that sounds like a sexual maneuver. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the chocolate Godzilla. <laughs> oh, my favorite hentai. I don't know. It's what the kids like, according to you. Who? Yeah, it's totally unrelated, but. Um, the first King Kong really annoyed me because the uh, the ape looked too realistic. Oh Jesus! What about the second <laughs> and then one? Then in the next one, he just he looked too too human. Mm. So what I really liked about this latest one was that they kind of mixed the two. So he's a little bit of human and a little bit of uh, you know ape. You know who you would get along with, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a guy that I know that you would you would really appreciate yeah. that point. That yeah, and also true. pondering. Who won from an artistic standpoint? <laughs> yes. Godzilla yeah. or King Kong? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I still don't know what that means. If you're interested, everybody. I thought it was aliens versus predator rules. Even if they both win, we lose. We all lose. If you're <laughs> interested. Kramer versus Kramer rules. Really? Yeah. <laughs> when Kramer um, from Seinfeld uh, went to court on that against that uh, clone of himself. That's right. Um. Uh, if you're interested in this, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis yes, loses train of thought again. I was trying to do creamer versus creamer. I was going to do carnation versus, but I couldn't think of the other one. <laughs> coffee mate. Coffee mate. Fuck. Or it could be creamer versus creamer. Coffee mate versus, what was the one I just said before? <laughs> cremation. Fuck. Why don't you uh, promote that show I just totally handed to you in a, on a silver platter? If that interests you, the uh, the fight between Godzilla and King Kong, I suggest you check out the Inside the Idiot box. No, that's my that's my podcast. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you're you're talking about our sassy sister podcast. Yeah, hey, if, I can't even get a plug here. Let me reset it. All right, well, if that 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 eternal battle between uh, King Kong and Godzilla interests you, and you want to learn more about a specific person's take on it. Um, then you should listen to I'm Not Crying, You're Crying that uh, features Juan Ledesma, uh, who came up with that bizarre thought, who would win from an artistic standpoint, Godzilla or King Kong. Act 7. Back home, Donna and Evie talk to the Qbert jewelry box with Evie's father about the episode we just watched. He makes an Uncle Bino fat joke and gives his daughter a facial spritz. What? I just hope that's water. She was trying to explain about how funny it was when when uh, Charles Nelson threw a pie or slammed a pie into the mayor's face. And he's like, oh, we're much more sophisticated in our planet. We don't do jokes like that. And then the little Hubert jewelry box like spritzes water in her face as a sort of like sight gaggy type thing. And Evie and Donna laugh way more than is. Yeah, just giggle. Just such action. It's so charming. Who plays Evie's father? Evie's father, the voice. At least the recording of Evie's father coming from the jewelry box. Buzz Belmondo. Uh, An actor you probably haven't heard of. His name is Kurt Reynolds. That's right. (laughs) Kurt (laughs) Kurt Reynolds? (laughs) What? I like to imagine Kurt Reynolds on a uh, nude bearskin rug. No, I don't. (laughs) Uh, uh, Somebody I know made that mistake once, and it has always cracked me up. Hey, guess who died? Who? One of my favorite actors, Kurt Reynolds, passed away. <laughs> went, oh, come on. Oh, his brother? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> one of my favorite actors. Now, obviously not one of your favorite actors. The aluminum you know foil magnate. Kurt Reynolds. Kurt Reynolds. I think she Jesus meant Kurt Christ. Russell, Burt Reynolds. Kurt uh, Reynolds. But Kurt Russell's still alive, so we're okay. No, he's fine. But Burt Reynolds. Oh, no. Oh. Poor Burt. Oh, no. All right, enough of that shit. Um, this entire episode had no alien powers in it. No, other than the jewelry box uh, spitting liquid on his daughter, <laughs> there was no. She didn't put her fingers together to make time stop. The only time you saw that was in the opening credits. Yes, I yeah. felt like time stopped during Oof, this. Episode, that's a good but, point. Yeah, aw. good point. You're right. Um, so yeah, the one episode that we chose to watch had no alien powers in it. It really had nothing to do with Evie or the relationship that she has with everybody else because she's half alien. But we chose it because it had um, Jeff's hero, Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, oh. Evie's father, uh, Kurt Reynolds, gives us yeah. some advice on <laughs> democracy that I thought was really uh, prescient and, you know, uh, relatable. Who finally won the election? Believe it or not, it was a tie. Uncle Bino's absentee ballot was the deciding factor. And? Well, Uncle Bino said he tried to be fair and weigh both the candidates objectively. Uncle Bino weighs more than both the candidates. You got it. Uh. That's right, Dad. <laughs> Believe me, honey, no matter how it looks, democracy does work. Yeah, Kyle's inauguration is tomorrow. Well, however, I didn't say it was foolproof. <laughs> Dad, you should have seen Charles push a pie in Kyle's face. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> I don't think that's very funny. You don't? No. Longer pause necessary? We like subtle humor on Ontario's. What do you think is funny? <laughs> and this is where he hoses her down. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> My spray <laughs> is funny. I, I'm glad you had the Uncle Bino fat joke in there. That's basically yeah. the only reason they cast a fat guy in that is because they're like, well, we need someone to make fat jokes about. To be fat. So. And named him after a gas medication. Hey, there's Uncle the other thing. The actor that plays Uncle Bino is Joe Alasky, who is a, a famous uh, voiceover guy. He does a lot of um, cartoons. In fact, he he did, uh, he did I think, Daffy Duck. Uh, for a long time. Oh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, no. he did a lot of stuff for Tiny Toons. If, if you're a, a kid of Where the 90s. Where is Joe Alasky now? Oh, no. That's what? right. Yeah. February 3rd of 2016. Jesus. Yeah. Do we have a song for just who's alive? Donna Pascal's alive. And Evie. And, and what's Evie? the song? Jesus. How's the song go? Uh, <laughs> actually no hey you guys have asked for it i found the the song for when somebody's alive <laughs> yeah that's nightmare when they're alive but you they wish what? they were dead it kind of works it's upbeat it's hopeful i'm just sorry that the only episode you guys are ever going to watch of this show you hate it <laughs> and it didn't have the thing that i remember the most which are her using her powers yeah yeah, well, I'm sorry. So um, really, we got nothing out of this. Is is the moral of out of this world? Yeah, if we had to pick a, a moral, it is that we got nothing out of it. There was no moral. There was no meat on the bone here. It was just mm. empty calories, like drinking YooHoo. That's right. Only less extreme. A third less guitar solos. Moving on. Act eight. Okay. What do you mean act eight? I thought we were done. That was the act end. Act eight. Even more 90s commercials. Son of a bitch. Ace Ventura Pet Detective is now available on VHS tape. I can't wait to watch that on my VHS tape. 
And those clips sure hold up, don't they? Ugh. They really do. Uh, Ross has a Father's Day gifts uh, for $14.99, $9.99, and $5.99. Or he saw that Ross commercial. from Friends? Or- we oh, were on store. a break! We were on a break! A price break! <laughs> <laughs> what does he sound like Seinfeld? Why? <laughs> That's true. I don't know why he sounds like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Cary Grant. We were on a break. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. Who are these Judys? A uh, high school dude enjoys his Frosted Flakes as his friend argues he shouldn't be eating kids cereal. This guy clearly did not see the last commercial. Frosted Flakes makes you cool and gets you laid. The end. It's worth noting that the person arguing against the eating of Frosted Flakes is disgrace that 70s show star danny masterson yes really? danny masterson is the kid in, is. in this commercial oh man yep. i thought that kid looked familiar and i couldn't i couldn't nail it when i was like watching it yeah and and he couldn't uh he couldn't nail it without <laughs> digging, 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 digging. yeah we shouldn't because <laughs> i was gonna do it too and uh, i thought better of it and then you fucking went for it and uh, yeah i'll be wrong danny <laughs> Danny Masterson. Remember when the weirdest thing about him was he was a Scientologist? Well, this <laughs> blows that out of the water. <laughs> he doesn't like Frosted Flakes. Now we know. The yeah. real truth behind Danny Masterson. That's where it all started to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Next, a mom reflects on the day her daughter stopped shitting and pissing her own pants, thanks to the help <laughs> from Pampers Trainers. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole sales pitch behind these training pants is they don't work as good as diapers, so your, your kid can feel when they piss themselves. Yes. Yes. Oops. Yeah, that it was the selling point. Just buy diapers yeah. from the 99 cent store instead. Save some money. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you're looking for. Everybody's happy. It was training through uh, self-shame. It's like when you yes. wet your pants, now you should be ashamed. And now go go out there and that's you right. change your pants. Pose yourself off in the front yard, you little idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you now feel as bad as you've made all of us feel. Yeah. So would you just use the fucking toilet already? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you're one. Use the fucking toilet. Uh, Yoo-hoo chocolate drink comes back, but they what? get philosophical with Yoo-hoo glass half empty, half full metaphor, and then surprises us with the third option of just drinking it. Uh, I believe this is the beginning of things getting irreverent and extreme in the 90s. Yoo-hoo really had a TV presence back then, didn't it? It did. Yeah, they were all over the place. They were totally in our face. They were in our face like Burt Reynolds spray at the end of a. Yeah, what, I, what, what do you think would be world. worse, drinking Yoohoo or drinking Burt Reynolds juice? Burt Reynolds spray. <laughs> it's like ocean spray, but instead of spray that comes from the ocean, it's spray that comes from Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds spray. Phrasing. Phrasing. Uh, I've heard it's. I heard it's. Uh, it's just like pig Latin. Ex nay on the Reynolds spray. Burt Reynolds spray like tightens the skin. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> opens the pores it is fat free i think we know does it uh does it condition down to the roots it does it does burt reynolds spray will make you bouncy salon oh, bouncy god damn <laughs> and you can buy burt reynolds spray now for 14.99 9.99 and 5.99 <laughs> at cal worthington ford oh boy it all comes if we circle. leave anything out burt reynolds spray will stop you from shitting or pissing your own pants Frosted flakes, everybody. Frosted flakes. <laughs> um, oh, and finally, coming this summer at Raging Waters, San Dimas, the Vortex water slide. Oh, say, so we get a commercial for San Dimas's number one yes. water park, but not San Dimas's number one hardware store, Nail World? Nope. Bogus. <laughs> <laughs> no, what gives? And oh. that 
thankfully, is that. It is. Yep. I, I have one one additional observation. Oh, let's hear it. Sorry. It's just, it's worth mentioning one final time. Yeah. How much I fucking hated this show and everybody oh. involved with it. Oh, <laughs> it was worth mentioning. I think it goes yes. without saying that you hate everybody yes. um, on this show and everybody related to it and everybody that's ever watched it. I didn't even see Bino in this episode and I hate him too. Oh, I hate uh, him. He's a series regular. This is like the one episode I've seen that he's not in. He's not. Yeah. You know, I think most of my hatred comes from that fucking weirdo. Buzz? Buzz Belmondo. Buzz. Buzz Belmonte. And if then, you want to treat yourself, and I know that you do, search him <laughs> on YouTube. You'll find some delightful additional Buzz Belmondo material. Followed up by uh, hmm. the mayor. But then then I, I still found the mom generally to generally hold her own, you know, yeah. if the script was what it was, but she could, she could pull her weight, had personality. Yes. And the daughter was unoffensive and she's at least in the pilot episode had a lot more personality. Um, it didn't help that, you know, she never put her fingers together and stopped time. Yeah. I wish we would have saw that a little bit, but Hey, like how do we know she's an alien? I don't know. Well, she has. Well, it's that uh, the talking jewelry box. Yeah. that's how you know. Her dad says that she's half alien. I'm I wish she could have stopped Charles Nelson Riley in our hearts forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Charles Nelson Riley was not awful. He 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 basically showed up and did what he does. Charles Nelson Riley got a Charles Nelson Riley. Um, yep. So I think you guys are wrong. The show's not that bad. What? <laughs> You know, oh, no, after no. watching this, I'm sorry. It is. It's horrible. <laughs> Buzz. No, I, Buzz I enjoyed it. the episode. I, I, I enjoyed Buzz. I enjoyed the shitty jokes. I thought, I thought it was fun. But I do Wait, love shitty sci-fi. You liked Buzz. Yeah. Oh my. He gosh. reminded me. He reminded me of the most interesting guy. I. Just, it was good for me. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna do something that I'm not crying. You're crying. Does we're gonna rate this episode. So. Oh. How many seltzer bottles down the pants out of 10 do you give this episode? So, Jeff, we'll start with you. How many seltzer bottles down the pants do you give I'll, this episode? I'll say, I'll say three. Three. Okay. Three seltzers out of 10. Three seltzers out of 10. Scott, what do you think? Uh, zero seltzer bottles and one Burt Reynolds spray. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to spray burt reynolds down the back of the pants or up the front of the pants because that doesn't you, matter you spray burt reynolds spray wherever burt wants you to be sprayed <laughs> yeah. uh josh how many seltzers down the pants would you give this episode <laughs> i want to give it three bottles of Burt mm-hmm. Reynolds seltzer. Oh, down the pants. Oh, oh my goodness. A whole new a whole new product line. Burt Reynolds <laughs> seltzer. All right. It's fizzier. Now with more spray. It's it's either still or uh carbonated and uh you have the Burt Reynolds spray that's carbonated. It uh it tickles your nose when you drink it just like his mustache. <laughs> um Sean, how many seltzer bottles down the pants do you give this episode i i enjoy this episode i give it six seltzer bottles down the pants mm. okay that's not that's not a bottle spray not a raving uh, review you know out of no 10. but I, I agree that this is not the strongest episode of out of this world i agree but i still enjoyed it 
I had a lot of fun watching it. Just because personally. you gave it a six doesn't mean you couldn't enjoy it. So I, I understand. I personally. Was there an Evie's Peril episode we should have watched, like a two parter? Yeah, that has Rubber Allen face in it. <laughs> rubber, <laughs> rub, rubber Bino face, maybe. Um, I, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it one. One. I'm gonna give it one uh, seltzer bottle down the pants. Um, I think I've seen better episodes of this, and I, I'm so I'm gonna say I'm not gonna. I think. I think Sean, you are giving it six because, on the whole, you remember the show more fondly, and there may be some better episodes that they produce. I do. I think, though, specific to this episode, it was pretty fucking bad. So, just one for me. <laughs> yeah, I saw the pilot. Yeah, and the pilot so was okay. <laughs> you gave the pilot a three? No, I gave. The, what would you the give the pilot, pilot? and this? Um, how, how many? How many uh, prepubescent boobies would you give the pilot? <laughs> Prepubescent boobies that hadn't been watered. That hadn't been mm. watered. How many would you give it? And don't watered don't hey, it, it can't be an it can't be an odd number because that would be weird. <laughs> uh, I guess six then. I was gonna say five, but six then. Yeah, that would be weird. Okay, so there you go. There you go. So the pilot, the pilot, in your opinion, was as good as as uh, Sean thought this episode was. Yeah, and it's and and keeping in mind that it's a thirty minute show, so. No matter how bad it is, it's it it goes by quick. <laughs> That's a good point. Quickly, it will be over before you know it. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Thankfully, that is the end of uh, Out of This World. Um, unfortunately, though, it is also the end of this season of Inside the Idiot Box. Um, but we are going to be coming back at you with a special project that we're working on. Uh, Josh named it last week. It's called Inside the Idiot Box Office. And we're going to do a summer movie spectacular. July 4th, we're going to release our review of a, of a special movie that a friend of ours actually suggested that we watch and review. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of a musician from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee named Nick Lutzko. And those of you who are big on the socials, especially Twitter, may know uh, Nick's work. Super talented guy. Very, very funny dude. Um, and slight, spent most of slight the glandular issue with sweating, but other than that, yes, exactly. Um, but Nick spent most of the pandemic coming up with this, uh, sort of epic saga, um, <laughs> that he, uh, put together in an album called songs on the computer. And, uh, it was through Nick, uh, that I learned of his concept and desire to uh, reboot the Gremlins franchise. And he was going to do that uh, with a pitch that he had for Gremlins 3. And uh, Gremlins 3 was going to star an individual named Desmond, who we were going to learn through the course of the film is, uh, is Gizmo's son. And, you know, I think uh, spoiler alert, Nick probably, (laughs) well, let me, let me give you uh, Nick's pitch. For it, um, I'll uh, give the pitch in, in Nick's own words: is um, that Gizmo becomes a gremlin who teaches the other gremlins about democracy and philosophy. They develop a country. They call it Gremlin Nation. They ban all immigration. They have genocidal tendencies. Gizmo oh. isn't into it, but also he has a kid with a human woman played by Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> and you can call it Gremlins Three. So that's his yeah. pitch. So. Um, it was through Nick that I ended up actually uh, meeting Desmond and Desmond was kind enough to actually cut a commercial um, for inside the idiot box. But as a part of that, that promotion work that he did for us, 
he also issued a challenge. Uh, Dennis, do we have that clip? Yeah, here, I'll, I'll play it for you. We have that clip. What's happening, Scott? It's me, Desmond. I'm here to give my official endorsement to Inside the wow. Idiot Box podcast featuring the all-star lineup of Scott Berkland, Dennis Satterfield, mm-hmm. Josh Griffin. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Josh Parker and Jeff Griffith. Oh. Try my oh, okay. best, bro. Hey, <laughs> see you guys are watching obscure and quote-unquote bad TV shows. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, why spend that time watching those shows when you could be watching Gremlins 1, 2, and soon to be Gremlins 3? Not trying to tell y'all what to do, but I think that could be a number one podcast. Maybe make it a Gremlins mm. podcast. Either way, I'm not here to judge. I'm sure it's going to be a fine-ass podcast. Number one on all the streaming <laughs> platforms. Number one on the internet, because it's got the official Gremlins 3 Donna Desmond endorsement from me, Desmond. I wish y'all the best. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Peace. Oh, thank so, you, Desmond. Uh, Desmond has issued the challenge. So fair, um, fair my, my, my proposal to you gentlemen is that uh, the world's first inside the idiot box office summer movie spectacular be us tackling Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yeah, oh, yes. Gremlins mm. 2. Not to be confused with the porno Gremlins 2, the nude batch. Oh, I, you could have gone another direction on that. <laughs> yes. yes, you could have. soft batch. No, 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 so, no. So no. Much you could do. Hey, guys, don't tell him. Don't tell him. I think I know what, what you were going for there, Griffith. And um, you know what? Uh, people can uh, leave a, a voicemail for Scott telling them what they think. <laughs> that's right. That that's right. should have been called in a porn version. Just uh, go to our anchor page and leave Scott that's right. lots of voicemails. Or if you just want to pitch your gremlin porn. Yeah. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, that's it. Let's get out of here. Before we do, though, thank you once again, Sean Cantley from uh, I'm Not Crying, You're Crying podcast. Uh, Where can uh, where can people reach you guys on social media? Oh, you can find us on all of them. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at INCYC show. Email us there at INCY show at gmail.com. And uh, we're on Anchor as well at anchor.com forward slash INCYC show. Listen to it. It's a great show. What's it about again? Anything and everything, because it's our show. We make the rules. Why is it called I'm Not Crying, You're Crying? Oh, because there was, it was, I had a list of names, and uh, that was the one that seemed the least dumb. <laughs> interesting story. Very Good interesting way to go story. Yeah. <laughs> interesting story. You ready? You ready? The, yeah. the, the first name was Oh My Eye Holes. What? That, oh, yeah, that yeah. Was, Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my eye holes. That that was that was my first idea, and then uh, my second idea was I'm not crying, you're crying, and I said, oh, my eye holes are is dumb. So, what was uh, your third idea? Get you know up what? on out of here with them eye holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have a third idea after that. I was all tapped out. All right. So, well, hey, the second one worked just fine. You're welcome. Uh, and I guess that's it. Let's call it a season, shall we? Let's get the fuck out of here and uh, recharge our batteries. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll do it again sometime. As we say, every end of every podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. Oh.